Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, My little children of whom I travail in birth again unto Christ be formed in you. Let's read that one more time. My little children of whom I travail in birth again. Now, it's one thing to travail in birth one time, but to do it again and again and again says a lot about a man. And here Paul lets us know he has not only travailed over these people in this church of Galatia once or twice before, but there's a pattern here. And he says, Of whom I travail again in birth again unto Christ. What is the goal of being a Christian? Or what is the goal of Christianity? Right here in the bottom part of the verse. Unto Christ be formed in you. Now listen to me. There's a whole lot of people that have their thoughts and ideology of what it is to be a Christian. And can I say this morning, it's absolutely nothing outside of this one thing. That Christ be not only formed in you, but then Christ would be shown and manifested not only to you, but through you. Can I get a witness? we got a lot of Christians and I don't see Jesus nowhere on them. Can I get a little help this morning? I mean, we're living in a day that, that, that you can go once, I mean, they're either one, they're so far to the left or so far to the right, and Jesus ain't neither ditch. Can I get a witness? And you got the left hand liberals and contemporaries that everything goes, and then you got the hard noses that nothing's good enough. Oh, I need a little help this morning. And we got one crowd that everything flies, and then we got another crowd, bless God, ain't nothing going to work. We got to find a middle of the road somewhere and be a Christian. Right. And Paul said, I've travailed in birth again. And here's why. Paul said, I've not given up on you people because I want Christ to be formed in you. Right. That is the whole of the Christian life, is that Christ be formed in you. So we'll give a little background. My title won't make no sense if I give it to you right now. So we'll give a little background, then I'll give you my title and we'll preach what the Lord's put in our heart. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Now, Lord, today we need you to come by and help us one more time. Uh, Lord, there's not a doubt in my mind that there's folks this morning that need to hear a word from you. God, I can't help nobody, Lord. Ain't, ain't no way I can preach in my flesh and help anybody. So, God, I don't want to preach in the flesh today. Uh, Lord, I want to be filled with the power of God. Lord, the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, Lord, I know what you spoke to me and how you've... Uh, open this portion of Scripture in my heart. But Lord, uh, today I'm asking you to come by and take out of me, Lord, what you put in me and speak to the hearts of your people. I pray, dear God, Lord, that I'd die to my old rotten self. And God, that I'd preach, not just to please you, Lord, uh, but God, I'd preach in such a way that nobody would walk away saying they've heard from the preacher, but they've heard from the Lord. Please, God, help us this morning. We'll thank you for it now. In Jesus' name and for His lovely sake and all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You can be saved this morning. I want to say this morning quickly, if I could, by way of introduction, that it is here that we find the Apostle Paul is again writing to this church of Galatians. I encourage you, if you've never read the book of Galatians, to go back to the very first chapter, and you'll find this background that I'm going to try to lay. What you'll find is a group of people who have heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, the death, the burial, and can I get a little help this morning? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul has showed up to this church at Galatia and he has preached the gospel, but guess what happens? If you go back to chapter 1 and read all the way to chapter 4, you know what happens? They take that grace of God and they wad it up and they stick it in their back pocket and they start giving heed to heresy and to Judaizers. And Judaizers said, here's what y'all do. Y'all go back to Mosaic Law. Y'all keep them Ten Commandments. Y'all to live a good life, be good enough, and forget about all that grace business. And Paul has literally given his life. I mean, Paul sacrifices his being to minister, not just to this church, but uh, in, in, in this morning's message, it's mainly uh, we were going to focus on Galatia. Paul's given up to uh, my friend, tell them the truth, and then he comes right back to find out that they say they really don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how y'all feel about that, but I can understand Paul's frustration. I mean, he said has told these people uh, that Jesus is going, has set you free from the law. Uh, Jesus and the grace of God has come by and uh, you don't have to try to work your way to heaven. Uh, you don't have to try to be a Judaizer. Uh, Jesus, glory to God, paid it all. Uh, and my friend, in just a little short while down the road, they go contrary to everything Paul's taught them. You know what they've done? They chose the wrong path. Do you know anybody that you love this morning that's walking down the wrong path? But, but catch me right here. But they're doing it on purpose. Are you listening? Now I understand every decision you make at the end of the day. You have a choice. It's all on purpose. But you know what I mean. They have deliberately taken Paul's doctrine. They have deliberately taken the Word of God, the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I believe I'd rather do things my way. And, and I'm going to tell you something. That hurts people when they love you. I, 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 my Lord, I, 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 oh, I've been studying this and meditating over the years at the people that know better than to do what they're doing. And yet, where are they at this morning? Why are they on the couch this morning? Why did they leave here and run down to the honky-tonk church? Can I get some help? Why, 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 knowing that God had set them free from, uh, from alcohol, why did they go back to drinking? Knowing God had saved them and it was not the will of God for them to fornicate. Why did they right back fornicate? Knowing it's the will of God, they know the truth that, that, they're, not to, that they're not to go here and do that. They're not to be there. But yet, they have turned on every blame thing they know and have chose, deliberately chose, the wrong path. If you don't know nobody like that, just hold on a minute. If ain't nobody in your life that you love that's just spit your face, just give it a minute. They're going to. Can I get a little help this morning? This thing, I, there's a few messages every year that God gives me and they get real big in my heart. This is one of them. I, they don't all get real so big in my heart like this has, but boy, this has got, maybe it's just because I've been living there for a while. People I know, people I love, they know better than to do what they're doing, but that's the path I won't walk in. Now let me ask you something. What are we to do? I wish to God I could tell you I've done everything perfect and I'm the best example to watch, but I'm not. 
But Paul sure is. Paul has given us an absolute prime A plus number one example. Here's the title. On how to love people who choose the wrong path. Don't misunderstand what I'm preaching. I'm not saying just forget about what they've done and overlook the path they chose. I'm not saying compromise and tell them, well, because I love you, I don't really agree with everything. It's all right. No, Paul didn't do that. You know what Paul did? He travailed. And the Bible said Paul likened this travail as unto childbirth. Now, I've never given childbirth, but I've been there a few times. Amen. I've only got 27 and a half kids this morning. All right, I know a little bit about travailing in birth. And here's what I know. Throughout that pregnancy, it's a painful experience. I mean, dear God, Brandy's 75 weeks, 6 months, and 42 hours pregnant right now. Amen. If anybody tell you currently what it's like to, to travail, not just in the birthing process, but what about the process up to that birth? Right. It's travail. Ain't none of it easy. Ain't no woman about nine months pregnant in the middle of August with sweat rolling down the back of her neck and her hair snapping, curled up, and her belly feels like it's literally fixing to be Hiroshima bomb exploded. Ain't nobody say, Brother Josh, that's one tell the most enjoyable thing I have ever experienced. Let alone when they walk in there and they give them a gown. Say, all right, ma'am, we think you have a baby. And they lay down. Here comes them things called contractions. And they'd be laying there and they're already hurting and agonizing in pain, but then all of a sudden the pain shoots through. Now I'm just telling you what I what I see. I don't really know, but that pain shoots all through their body and and, and boy, them contractions, it's letting everybody know it's fixing to be time for that baby to come here. And Paul said, Look, Galatia, Church Galatia, he said, I'm travailing in birth, but I'm not just doing it for no reason. You know why I'm travailing in birth? So Christ can be formed in you. You know, you know what my hope's for you. You know what my hope is for you and your family. It's not to be the world's next greatest singing group. Now, if we get a singing group and God's on you and God use y'all over the country, glory to God. But that ain't that ain't my goal. It ain't for these preachers to be the next world-renowned greatest preacher that signs autographs and takes Facebook selfies all the time. Everybody knows him everywhere he goes. And he can't go, I mean, he he can't go to Philadelphia. Somebody don't know him. That'd be all right if you're doing it the right way, but that's not my goal for you. My goal is not to have, and ain't nothing wrong with having the greatest talent, the greatest choir in the whole world, and and I hope maybe we, we do one, but that's not my goal for you. And it's not the goal of God for you. You know what God's will for your life is? To be like Jesus. To be a Christian. To be Christ-like. And Paul said, the reason I am willing to go through the pain and the pressure and the perplexing and all that goes along with travail is because I am, am, am I'm sowing and investing in you that Christ be formed in you. And that ought to be our goal this morning. But what do we do, Sister Geneva? 
with those we love that simply seem like they don't really care about Christ being formed in them. What do we do? We love them. Boy, it sounds so good and so easy, but I'm going to tell you something. If you really love them the biblical way, it's a hard thing to do. You're looking at somebody that has a... I have a hard time loving people the way I ought to love them when they deliberately do wrong. And you all say things like this. Maybe my family's the only carnal people in the building. But my dad used to say, I'm going to tell you something, son, one thing I can't stand stupid. Right. I'd do something off the wall and say, I'm going to tell you right now, there's, there's one thing I can't tolerate in this side of life. It's being stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> you know what I have found as the junior version of Dr. Timothy Scott Griffith? I'm the junior version. And I hope I say the junior version. I can't afford to get no bigger than what I am right now. <laughs> you, you, you know what I have found? I don't like stupid. <laughs> I know y'all are thinking, what kind of preacher is this? I'm sorry. I just, I just to be honest with you. People come into church and what they do, it's not, you know, an accident. Stupid. I know I hair lit the whole church last night. But that was stupid. You, you come on, somebody. Man. You know how long it took me to clean everybody's mess up? About five minutes. Dump the drinks, put them in a the trash can, tie the bag up, throw it in the trash. And guess what? No mice had them some Mountain Dew last night and drink. <laughs> and I know you can't always tell somebody's mood over a message. I really wasn't just cankerous. But I was thinking, how stupid. Guess who left the pizza out? The same person that's not soundboard. Amen. Stupid. I was just wore out. I know you was. But we've had mice for 50 years over there. I'm trying to get rid of Stewie Little and all his little buddies. Y'all like, have a supreme little season pizza for tonight. And then we're all going to gasp for air when one runs across the floor near VBS and says, Oh my gosh, I hope nobody's seen it. You're feeding them! <laughs> y'all with me? Amen. Stupid! Right. Do you know what? Paul seemed like to me he could overlook stupid a lot better than I can. Yeah. I believe he could overlook stupid a lot better than some of y'all can. Yeah. That's why he's in that book and I ain't. Y'all with me? Amen. Paul's the greatest example for us outside of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Yes. I love John the Baptist. I've said Jesus himself has never been a better man or a woman than John the Baptist. But when you look at the scriptures on a personal level, you better shout for the Apostle Paul. Right. I mean, I love Paul. I don't know I'm going to love him. Because I'd be an error had he not followed God's will and travailed and didn't give up and didn't quit and didn't wait a while. I, you want to talk about a man been through something. I ain't been through nothing, Paul. Right. Yeah, right. I can't tell him all to you probably off the top of my head, but stoned 
and beaten and I mean you name it, Paul shipwreck. I mean, and you know what he said about all those things? And that was his light affliction. Yeah. What a man of God. Yes, sir. Yeah. And oh, Paul went through all that. And then people had a preacher, a good preacher in the world. It was Paul. And you know what they said? Well, thank you, preacher, but I believe it's going to go the wrong way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Paul said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to travail again. And so my message is this. How willing are you to travail in order to properly love those who choose on purpose the wrong path? That's, good. That's a hard, I'm just being honest with you, this is a hard area to live. Yes, sir. I, I, don't, I don't think what they've done is right. It might not have been. The way they treated me is wrong. It probably was. You don't know what I'm going through because of their decision. You're right, I, I don't. But I know what this Bible says. If we're going to be like Jesus, let me ask you something. As, as, as the Lord, I'm, I'm talking to God's people. Has the Lord ever for one moment just cut you off from His love because of your decision? Some of y'all know better. Ain't nobody got to tell you, convince you, remind you, text you, email you. You, you know, but you just do what you want. Yeah. And it's hard for me to come in on Sunday morning sometimes and just walk up and better hug you. Yeah. you know what the Lord does? Every time He looks at you. Yeah. That's mine. Yeah. You're saved because He don't see you like I see you. Yes. He sees His Son. <laughs> By the way, don't kick these. You'll bust them. You want to know why? I nailed the suckers to the floor. I'm sick of kicking them off the stage. Every time God looks at his child, y'all know them examples, don't you? Little Daisy, your little girl gets starstruck over a little boy, gets hot for him, and he'll, she'll find her little flyer, and she'll say, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. And she'll get to the last one. He loves me not. I tell you what kind of flyer you got and you got saved. Every time you go pick that thing up and consider the grace of God, whether you're, whether you're walking with Him, whether you're being stupid, here's what kind of Savior we have. He loves me. 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 You know, surely he, can't, he still loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He still loves me, John. He loves me. He, I wish to God somebody act like you are glad that he loves me this morning. He don't always listen to me. He don't always line up with our stupidity. He don't agree with our mistake. He don't condone our sin. But he paid for it. It is all grits and blood. And he loves us this morning through the blood of his only begotten son. He loves you. And he overlooks you. Because you've been covered. Had Jesus not died, he wouldn't love none of us. I hope you know that. 
Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. That's a fiasco, Master. If it wasn't for a sign, we, none of us would be. Uh, well, I might say that a few times, I believe. Right. Was well, not for Christ. Well, God loves everybody. You don't know your Bible. Right. I, can, I can show you where before you got saved, you were the enemy of God. <laughs> you, God don't love uh, the, the, the rebels and the reprobates and uh, God loved them enough to die for them but until you get saved you are an enemy of God Amen. people don't preach that but it's King James Bible he does love you this morning through Christ and that's something I didn't even have a hold of real good until I started pastoring and I realized what that Bible actually said. He does love you, but it's through His Son this morning. But we are commanded to love each other as Christ loves us. Boy, that's a task. Alright, I'm going to move on. I don't know if I'm still not going to get through an introduction. But, but, but looking at Paul and his love for these people who have deliberately chose the wrong path. Can I say Paul has labored for these people? Paul has lived his life for these people. Paul has lingered or waited on these people. Any of y'all waiting on somebody this morning because you love them? Anybody sick of waiting on somebody? But you're going to keep waiting because you love them. Paul, Paul has lingered and lived and labored for these people, but, but thank God the only reason he done it is because he, he genuinely loved these people. I say loving people is a requirement for the born-again Christian. This means loving them even when they willfully choose the wrong path. And listen, if you're not careful, you'll adapt the same mentality of the world and how you love people. And here's what I mean. You, the, the world's mentality and their ideology of how to love people, it will, it will cross over into the Christian life. And if you're not careful, and here's, here's what you'll find. The world will love people as long as they're beneficial and not a burden. Ain't that right? When you, how, how many people used to love you when you could benefit them, but then something shifted and you no longer was beneficial, you, you became more of a burden, they quit loving you. Yeah. Well, that ain't how we're supposed to do it. The world will love people as long as they're following them and not forsaking them. Anybody, got, anybody know what it's like to love somebody and be forsaken by them? Hello? I mean, that hurts. Hurts bad. To love somebody and they just turn and walk away. But the world, see, will quit loving them. The world will quit loving them at that point. But the Christian is supposed to continue to love that person. The world will love people as long as they're contributing to them and not conflicting them. Anybody ever bring confliction into your life that you love? Now, if this was the world and you was going to love like the world, you'd just cut it off. But you can't do that as a Christian. The world will love people as long as they're supporting them and not suppressing them. But you can't do that as a Christian. Can I say this is not Christian or Christ-like love. It's carnal love. And look here, it's conditional love to love like the world. Here's what the Bible has to say about the matter. I've got several verses. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. It says this, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Listen to me. He 
that loveth not his brother abideth in death. If you don't love God's people, it's because you ain't one. I got, I got Bible. If you mean or the devil to every Christian that comes by your way, it's because you ain't in the family. The Bible said in 1 John 3, 16, just a couple verses later, Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. And look, notice this. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. When's the last time you laid down your life for your brother? You don't love people nearly as much as you say you do. I'm talking about in the church. Bless God, it's my way, the highway. Well, you ain't got nobody. Uh, <laughs> well, I just don't go. I'll get along with that. You don't have to. Right. Let the brethren. And when it has to be your way, you know what you're telling me? You don't love people nearly as good as you think you do. I ain't saying they're always wrong, right or wrong. They be dead wrong. You're not supposed to. Love. This is a conscious choice you're going to have to make. Just, just how these Galatians on purpose chose the wrong path. You on purpose going to have to choose love, people. Again, I don't misunderstand. I'm not saying agree with wrong. I'm not saying support sin and condone uh, compromise. I'm not saying none of that. But you still need to love each other. You know the reason some of y'all are sitting here this morning after you've done went plumb out, I mean, south in the far countries, you can go and here you are. You want to know why? We didn't come down there and eat, eat with you, a picnic with you when you was in the far country. Right. I, 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 listen, you leave today and go out to the far country, I ain't come down there and eat same with you. No, right. We're kind of past that one, come down one and hang out with me no more. You're up, you're just right. I ain't doing it. Amen. I'm not doing that. I'd rather break fellowship and draw lines in my own blood. Yeah, yeah. You think I'm going to do it for you? Why would you do it? You, I can't believe you'd do somebody that way. You know why I'm doing it? Because I love them. Right. <laughs> I love them. You want to know why my, my children have to be chastised? Because I love them. Yeah. And, and if I condone their wrong and just say, well, I just, you know, you, you, you really disrespected your mother and you stole from uh, you stole Jonah's dump truck and you punched Colson in the eye and you kicked Huntley in the shin and uh, you stabbed Brody with a needle and uh, you told Miss Annette that she can mind her own business and uh, you told Miss Brandy that uh, she she needed to get lost but I mean I, 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 so uh, here but 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 you's wrong but it's alright nope. I ain't doing it. We're going to deal with it because I love you and so I'm just, you know, whatever, man. Nope. You know what we're doing? We're doing this. Come here. Did you punch Colson in the eye? Yep. Why'd you do that? Because I don't like him. Well, you liked him yesterday, but I don't like him today. Welcome to life, son. You can't punch people in the eye because you don't like him today. Did you tell Miss Brandon to get lost? Yes. Why? Because I wanted to get lost. That's the kind of conversations we have, too. Yeah. I mean, he calls you stupid. I said, why do you call him stupid? He said, because he's stupid. <laughs> but, but I can't pat him on the back and listen. 
four girls. I love that little boy with all my heart. He's God's answer to my prayer. I, I always I dreamed of having a little boy sitting a deer stand with him, hunt with, fish with him, praise the Lord, and go to church with him. Amen. Get out in the yard and shoot stuff. To, to dig up night crawlers. Come on, somebody. Yeah. But I can't let all that get in the way of what's right and wrong. And if I'm really going to love him, I have to discipline him. When he's wrong. You want to know why God takes you to woodshed? It's not because he's mad at you. Not because he's sitting on the edge of his seat. You know, there's one crowd just acts like God's waiting to strike you like yeah. He's not. That's right. God loves that. He don't want to have to take you to woodshed. I don't look forward to whooping his tail. I don't even take pleasure in it. But I do it when necessary because I love him. Right. Amen. Some of y'all are so mad at God you can't stand it right now and the only thing he's doing is telling you I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Your life down the tubes and you know it. God's chastised you 500 different ways and you don't know why God would do you that way. Well, can I tell you? Because he loves you. Yeah. You're going to walk around hooked to an idea of your business. Man. But you don't have to. You won't walk around with you won't walk around with everything in your life falling apart at your business. Yeah, man. But you don't have to. Right. Man. You you want to go through life and the chastening hand of God always be at work in your life at your business. Yes, sir. But you don't have to. Amen. What's it gonna take? It's gonna take you realizing it's not about me. Right. Listen to me. It's not about me. It's not about you. But 2,000 years ago, there was a real man that was 100% man and 100% God. And he most certainly did become our sin. He most certainly took our sin and became our sin. He most certainly walked up and hung an innocent on a criminal's cross. And the whole entire time he was hanging on bloody Calvary. He was doing it out of love. Because he loves you. And he loves me. And he died for the sin of the world because he loves the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when you reject that sacrifice and you do what you want, you will come under condemnation as a lost man and chastisement as a saved man. You're going to live in one of the two. And you don't know why both occur? Out of love. Man, I ain't never going to get through this, am I? But it's as big as Texas in my heart. I was out yesterday. I went. I'll be honest with you. I needed some long time yesterday. Didn't y'all ever get that way? Yeah. And I know I probably bothered you some of you, but that's what I had to do yesterday. I had the best 
time I've ever had knocking doors and handing out new guest flyers. I'm talking about, I don't know how long we've been doing it, but it's the best, best one I've ever had. God, if everybody comes, we're going to make 17 trips to pick them all up. I think a good portion of them ain't playing games. I think they're coming. And you say, how are you going to get them out? I said, no clue, but we're going to get them out. If we have to start at 7, just to bust them in, we're going to start at 7 and adjust our schedule. Because I've never seen little kids so excited. If I, I, this is God's truth. I bet there's 15 of, 15 of them yesterday that hung on me and hugged on me. It's never happened. I got hugged by parents yesterday. God overwhelmed me with His love. I'd knock on that door and I'd say, Hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. How are y'all today? Well, we're doing pretty good. I said, Got any young? Apparently, even in Corbin, Kentucky, not everybody understands that terminology. I had two or three say, What? I said, Children. You got any kids? Oh, yeah, we do. And they'd run out, most of them, they'd run out behind all the people. I'd say, There you are. I look for you. And I'd take him off. I said, look here, we have, we fixed to have EBS and ain't a better one on the, in the country. So that means y'all will have to accept your love. I said, look here, we got it decorated. It looks just like a jungle in there. Matter of fact, when I walked in earlier, a lion growled at me. And they giggled. I said, Mama, I bet you need a little bit of a break, don't you? You got that right. I said, I'll give you a break next week. You need I said, we got a little van. We're going to drive up through here. And I said, here's what I need y'all to do. I said, every day about 6 o'clock, I need y'all to be outside waiting. Because I can't come hunt y'all now. I said, you, you guys are everywhere. You're like ants. I can't find all of you. I said, so about 6 o'clock, I need you outside waiting at the church van. I said, you'll probably hear us coming 15 minutes before we get here. You'll probably see it'll look like a coal train coming down the road. It's just our church van. And I said, when I pull in, I need y'all run and hop on that van. Yeah. I said, I said, I'm gonna give you the most boring ride of your life. We're gonna sing and scream the entire time. We're gonna holler and scream as loud as we can. We're gonna sing this. I ain't had sing verse. Oh, 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 little girl, she said, Well, what are we gonna sing? I said, honk, honk, beat beat. She said, How's that go? So what do you do? No, you sing it. I said, here we go. Are you ready? Hack foot. Honk, honk, beat, beat, all aboard the bus. On our way to Bible school to learn about Jesus. He's our friend. He's our Savior. He takes good care of us. If you want to learn about him, climb aboard the bus with us. This is my favorite verse. Picking up boys and girls, freckles and curls, bouncing down the road. Singing songs about our Lord. Our bus has a happy love. Hey, come on, Mama and Daddy. There's room aboard our bus. Because Jesus loves you too. Just like He loves all of us. Honk, honk, beat, beat. All aboard the bus. We're on our way to Bible school to learn about Jesus. Because He's our friend. And He's our Savior. He takes good care of us. If you want to learn about Him, climb 
aboard the bus with us. She said, that's my new favorite song. <laughs> her mom and daddy come door said, her daddy come door, he said, I ain't never seen nobody do that. I ain't trying to keep in church. I said, because you ain't never seen church like that. We kept waiting all night. Amen. And all day yesterday. You know what happened before I left? I knocked on one little old grandma. She's wearing a skirt, holy woman. You can tell. She's my grandbabies. So I've just gone for the day. I said, well, you reckon you got any influence to talk mom and daddy and let them you get them for a week? She said, I don't know. I said, the way they're acting in there, I bet you do. And they never even come to the door. I just talked to Mamma and told her about her church and told her about the store. And I went to leave. And know one old boy, Brother Jackson, come to the door. He said, Sir? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Can I shake your hand? I said, Absolutely. He said, Thank you for inviting me to church. He hadn't been cooking no more until I was 13. He said, I've been talking to God lately. And I told him I'm sorry for not going to church. He said, I got saved a couple of years ago and I quit going to church. Go ahead. He said, I told God I'm sorry. Yeah. Little brother probably wasn't far. He didn't even know what he was talking about. But he came out and he said, I said, well, y'all have a good day. I turned. He said, sir. I said, yes, sir. He said, can I have a hood? I said, you got a daughter? <laughs> There ain't no free hug day out here. What is it? Wasn't the real world side. Where's the money? He gave me a big hug. It was just the best day. Yeah. Telling people that Jesus loves them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Several young couples have moved in at Corbin Manor, and they've all got kids. And Emma's place has got eight kids this year. And I'm not kidding. I bet they're seventy-five at Corbin Manor. They're everywhere. And God let me go around and all I could think about was as a little old a little old girl, somebody showed my mama yeah. that Jesus loved her. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, you missed a big shot, pastor in the church wearing the custom suits, driving a nice truck, packing a nice Bible, running the sound off the iPad. I ain't gonna lie, it did kind of make me feel important a little bit. <laughs> you big shot! No. Yesterday, the Lord reminded me where he got me from. That's where I come out of. I wasn't ever raised there, but that's where I should have been raised. Yep, that's that's right. all my mama knew. That's right. Was cussing and fussing and fighting and killing and drinking and partying and whoring. Yep. That's all she knew her whole life. Yes, sir. But a little old church band come by. Yep. Amen. Honk, honk. Beep, beep. All aboard the bus. Yes, sir. On our way to Bible school to learn about Jesus. He's my friend. And he's my Savior. He sure does take good care of us. If you want to learn about him, climb aboard the bus with us. I'm going to say my favorite verse again because it's my favorite. Pick it up, boys and girls. Freckles and curls. I promise you, we're going to be bouncing down the road <laughs> singing songs about our Lord, our butts, and our happy life. Yeah.
the Bible school starts tomorrow. But I said this. Did you know that there's a national go back to church day? They said, are you serious? What is it? I said, tomorrow. I bet I've told 85 people that. They said, are you serious? I said, yes. Tomorrow's national get back to church day. I'm not lying to you. I told everybody that. And they probably went and Googled it. That's over that preacher done lying to me. I said, they ain't no better day to start than tomorrow. Amen. You know what I believe? Somewhere down the line, there'd be a family or two show up. Yeah. Some of them young families could not believe. They said, you're a pastor? Yeah. I told them, I said, here's what kind of church we have, old time. Yeah. I said, you remember them old mountain hacking? I mean, they'd get loud and hack, spit and sweat. I said, yes, yeah, so that's the way we did you, as young as you are, I'll tell you this. Oh, yeah. Amen. It's old time. Thank you, Lord. It works. Thank you, Lord. It still works. Amen. 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 Bucket. Nice one. I don't know much about what y'all are doing right now. How your life's going. I'm going to tell you something. A woman sitting right in front of you, too. The greatest thing that's ever happened to you two is not meeting her. It's when she introduced you to him. Yes. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wherever y'all are at, wherever you end up, you better remember this one thing. Both of you saved, ain't you? Pretty sure both of you got saved years ago here. Because you're saved and Jesus' blood has been applied to you, you're loved. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Don't you ever forget it. Right. <clears throat> Men of this world are going to use you and abuse you and treat you awful. Right. And they're going to convince you that nobody loves you. Tell it. Because Jesus loves you. Sure does. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. I, I might just keep preaching an introduction because it's different every time, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I, I can't love you like Jesus. I'm trying to be like Paul and Travail in birth again for you. I'm going to fail you. But, but please hear me. I love you too. Amen. 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 I gotta tell you, there's not one person in this room today that my heart does not love because you, you are a part of the same body I am. Amen. That's right. And whether you contributed or you're controversial. Can I get a little help right there? Whether you are whether you are sacrificial and helping supply or you are 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 sucking the life out of me. You know what I got to learn to do better than I have done? Travail in birth again for you. Yeah. Until Christ be formed. That's right. What happens if we just wad up everybody that chooses the wrong way and we kick them to the curb and throw them out? You reckon they ever? Going to form no, into what God wants them to be at the body? No, sir. Oh, I know there's a possibility outside of us. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about within this assembly. Sure. 
You know why most people sit at home and they're miserable and they ain't got nothing to do with God or God's people? Because somebody quit loving them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because they chose the wrong path. Yes, sir. There's a whole bunch of God's people that hate some of y'all this morning. I've got Christians, I think they're saved. Sure. They ain't loving me right. No, sir. I think there's people out there that have forgot what Jesus right. done for them. Yes, and therefore, they're not willing to love others the way they're supposed to because they have not considered how much God loves them. Well, I'm, going, I'm just, I'm done with you if you do this. Hmm. It's odd. You forget about it with me if you do this. That's weird to me. I ain't going to agree with everything you do. You ain't going to, sure enough, ain't going to agree with everything I do. Some of y'all might have because I didn't come this morning. If you knew what I was doing, you would keep your mouth shut. You'd be thankful I didn't come. So you don't know everything. Quit trying to think you That's do. That's right. Say on, preacher. That's right. Just love people. Right. Yes, and let God do the. Oh yeah. Let God do the making and the molding. By the way, He's the Potter. Right. Amen. But that's just to me. We are not the Potter. We're all clay. It's not my job to try to mold you and make you. All I'm supposed to do is tell you what God said. I can't make you nothing. It's my job to tell you that book and leave the work of the clay in the hands of the potter. Even when you do wrong deliberately, I'm supposed to prevail in mercy for you. Now here's the kicker. Again. Can y'all get tired after a while? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I laid right here last night. Called some of y'all's names real loud. Because you're making me weary. Right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Makes me tired. But before I got about five minutes into that prayer, prevailing birth again sprung up in my heart. And the next thing I know, I was walking around this place. If anybody walked in here, they felt sure that I was either on something or mentally unstable. Because it was me, the Lord, and this jungle. God reminded me how much He loved me and put up with me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yes, sure. You don't realize y'all ain't done me half as bad as I've done him. Amen. Right. Let me say this again. We'll be done this morning. I ain't never going to get my points. I got points and subpoints. points. Got a bunch of stuff. But I want to remind you quickly that I've been done this morning. It's in that labor run. Paul, Paul relates his love for people and pushing through, travailing 
in birth to love these people so Christ can be formed as the childbirth and it's it's during childbirth but that's where when those contractions come that's that's the time when the pain is the highest yeah. it's the worst part of childbirth is those contractions of pain but during those contractions the worst part of pain is exactly when the nurses are watching them monitors and they say okay here comes a contraction and what do they tell a woman when that contraction comes Push, push, push. Take a breath, breathe. They'll watch that monitor, and it's time. They were however many minutes or seconds or whatever you think. I know all this for now. Or after we watching our clocks in the light, we should be coming up on another one. We should be coming up on another one. Here's the monitor. Here it is. It's spiking. Here we go. Here we go. We're in another contraction. It's where the pain's the highest. Here it is. It's the worst part. Push, 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 push. If you're like Amy, it only takes about 15 of them. She didn't push a baby outside, I'm telling you. Professional. About 15 of them, and all of a sudden we hear, I go very even with all the ungodly filth that comes along with childbirth. They typically hand it to her and then daddy or whatever. You take that little precious baby. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all them contractions are gone from her mind. Yeah. All the morning sickness, and if you're aiming with the second one, it's not just morning sickness, it's morning sickness and then mid-morning sickness and then lunch and then mid-lunch and post-lunch and then pre-supper and then during supper and then post-supper then pre-bedtime, during bedtime, post-bedtime in the middle of night bedtime and times we've never even encountered or knew existed. All that's gone. Yes. When you look at that precious thing going, wah, wah, wah. Now that cry wears off after a minute. Help me somebody. You know that little precious. And you know what it is? It's it's been worth every bit of the travailing. Hey son, in here this morning, you're you're pushing and the pain's higher than it's ever been. But if you just keep pushing and loving and travailing in birth for people, there's coming a day yeah. when it is. Whenever it is, it's gonna be worth it. Yeah. That, prom that promise, that finished product is going to be birthed in your life and your life someone else. And all of a sudden, Brother Dags, I hope this has happened for you all. I hope some of those painful moments are slowly fading. I hope. You may be doing real good with it. They may not be doing as good as you think they do. Could be that stone in there somewhere. But I want y'all to just keep pushing. Wouldn't it be something if all those things eventually just got new, fresh. Some of y'all this morning, you still got some of them old pains or that stone to you. And the reason you still focus on that pain and you don't see that product somewhere along the line, you quit pushing yep. in the pain. You never got to see the promise. We love each other this morning.
How you gonna love somebody? Well, you're gonna have to do it like Jesus done. You're gonna have to do it like Paul showed us. I'll give you these verses and we'll be done. I was in John 13, 34 and 35. The Bible said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Listen now, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If you have love one to another. What do people see in you? How do you talk about the people you go to church with at work? How do you talk about the preacher? Around people at work. And you wonder why they want no part of your God. By this, so people know that you're my disciples if you love one another. I'm going to end this morning right here. It hurts when people choose the wrong path. It's heavy when people choose the wrong path. And it brings heartbreak. But can I give you just a small little word right here quickly? Don't take that personal. You know what Paul realized? Even though I have been the one to preach the gospel, they're not doing me wrong. That's where we get in trouble. Is y'all still with me? Yeah. You get in trouble when you take things personal. And I say if somebody goes nuts today, somebody you've invested in and sown into and loved and been there for and forgive and forgive and forgive and they go crazy today, you know who they're really doing wrong? The Lord Jesus. He's the one that bought them. He's the one that paid for them. He's the one that purchased them in his own blood. And yes, it hurts, but don't take it personal. That's been my downfall over the years. Trying to pastor a church and deal with people and deal with problems. I, I'm real apt at times to make things personal. But we can't do that. Because as soon as we do, guess what we're going to do, Brother Shelby? We're going to fall in our love. Again, it's not compromise. It's not conforming. It's not putting up with. It's not putting a seal of approval on. But you're going to have to learn. Listen to me. I'm trying to hush. If you only love people and, and you only are kind to people and you're only a Christian to people when they do things the way you want them done, you ain't never going to be a good Christian. Because people aren't going to do nothing but let you from the pulpit all the way yonder to that ugly Tennessee orange cheek. I'm going to fail you. You're going to fail me. And just as soon as we clear it up, it's going to start over somewhere else. I'm going to fail this one. When I get things tidied up with you, I'm going to fail this one. They're going to fail me. And I get that squirt away and then all the way in the back. I'm going to fail you. You're going to fail me. But we must realize while we are consistently failing one another, there is one. Right. Yeah. I need a little amen, amen. right yes, here. Sir. That has never yeah. failed us. Yeah. 
struggling loving folks who's not even done nothing wrong there's something in their heart or in their mind that ought not be there this morning God I pray that you convict our hearts that we love one another I thank you Lord that you love me so much that you sent your son to die for me. You saved me, and then even after salvation, Lord, all the many times I've let you down and done you wrong. But God, yet through it all, you love me. God, this morning I pray that you move and bless in this invitation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Altars are here. I believe these folks need to come. Some have already came. Many have moved. But what about you? What about you this morning?